Well, that's a perfect uh, set spike serve. No, it's serve set spike, right? Like that's the well, order. it's serve dig set spike ah, kill block. Clearly, we have an expert here. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to this week's Sales Strategy and Enablement Podcast. I'm Alistair Wilcox, CSRO here at Revenue.io, joined by my co-host and king of all things revenue science and pioneer in AI, Howard Brown. How are you doing today, Howard? King. <laughs> Boy, I, well, I keep getting bigger and bigger titles here. I got I feel overwhelmed. I'm excited to be with Mary. Mary, it's great to see you. Oh, thank you. Mary, we are thrilled to have you with us today for the audience. Mary Ladati is an expert in sales consulting in the B2C space, and uh, we are keen to dive into some of the trends, the changes you're seeing, and best practices and KPIs that should be happening in B2C sales, Mary. So, you know, happy to have you with us. Oh, thank you so much. It's a passion of mine. And back in my day, I was called Mary Membership. So it was all about how to sell more memberships, and we just had fun with it. Well, let's have some fun today, and we'd love to start off with a news bite on the week and just get your perspective. And you know, one of them in that really struck me this past week was some latest data on B2C trends, and that 86% of consumers now trust companies with their personal information. It's quite high, higher than it's been in a while, but there's one thing they require. And that is that they want to improve the quality of service they get with the trade-off of that information. So yeah, we think of capturing data, we think of using information in sales today, it's not just to connect. It's literally now, if you want to have trust and efficacy with the buyer, the consumer, you better have a good understanding of how to link that all together, the tooling, the data, and the move the actual sales process and service itself. Do you agree that's the trend? Is that what you're seeing? Does that all jive with what, what what's going on in your neck of the woods? Well, the main objective for all companies is to get good data. We spend a lot of money on digital marketing and we really want to get great data so that we can reach out and communicate with individuals. But I will tell you from my experience and uh, what other companies have it experience is that when people say opt out, you better respect the opt out request, number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, they're going to know if you take their data and give it to other companies because within 30 seconds, they're receiving emails and phone numbers from various companies. And um, obviously, you don't want your brand associated with that. And by getting great data, it also builds a brand of trust and people communicate that. People will obviously through social media either celebrate your brand or they will bring your brand down. So I absolutely agree that I find if it's a company, if you've got good brand recognition, if your customers and clients sing your praises, you will get great data in order for you to acquire new customers. Very, very true. Hey, Mary, what, one thing I'm really excited about, I mentioned it on the pre-call, when you go to your website, it says it all begins with meaningful conversations. And I want to dig into that for a moment because I think what we're finding in the B2B world is there's so much to learn 
from the B to C experience. Mm-hmm. Buyers today are getting more and more educated on purchase decisions, and they expect the sales process to be as seamless as they get from a B to C experience, right? And you yes. have focused a lot of your career on membership, which is a commitment, which is delivering value, which is retaining that customer, making sure you get referrals from that customer. Okay. These are all things that are highly valuable to every B2B organization. So what I'm excited about is learning from you. And I know our listeners who in a lot of ways are B2B, but what can we gain from this B2C experience and apply that to the B2B world that is ever changing? I would say the key component there is to know your audience. Whenever you're representing your product or service, it's so important to know who you're speaking to. It's so important to ask well-worded questions so you know exactly where your potential new client sits at that time. What are the pain points? What are they looking for as far as enhancement? Whatever that experience is, it starts with asking the right questions to really learn about your potential new clients. So knowing your audience, understanding where they're coming from, and then gaining the information to present something that will actually be custom designed to what it is that they're looking for. And then from that point, the actual acquisition of that customer is somewhat seamless because they trust and they believe that you have the answer to either their problems or to enhance their current situation. And that is what differentiates you from your competitors as well. I, th- I think that answer, like personalization is is so important, Mary. And I think, you know, for a lot of people right now, if we take that a step further in the sector you're in with the B2C, there's a lot of people that will cancel subscription services right now. They're cancel membership services. In B2B, churn rates are a challenge for a lot of companies these days, especially in SaaS companies. But how do you guide the companies you work with on what I'll call better cancel conversations. Back to this point of the conversation, so the personalization with a better cancel conversation, like how do we how do we arm these sellers to to mitigate that? So it's really interesting. If you really talk to all the companies that are doing really well right now, with not only hitting their new sale goals, but retaining I mean, I have clients that retain 80% of their clients, and that's a huge number. And it all comes down to the customer experience. Every single day, they reach out, they walk in, they need something. It, It is that relationship they have with your team. You are an extension of your team, and your team has to feel the love for the clients and the fact that they're there to serve them in a way which will keep them clients or members for many, many years, plus obviously refer their friends and family all day long. So that customer relationship has everything to do with your staff. They're not buying a piece of equipment. They're not buying an exercise class or even a result. They really are there for the experience and feeling that they can trust and that they know they're being well taken care of. And if there is a situation that you're going to be there to talk to them, that's the key thing is talking to your customers and clients when they really need you. 
sounds like you're really highlighting communication and partnership and a deep understanding of the individual. It's absolutely crucial. One of the things I happen to do with my clients is I listen to recorded sales calls, which are also customer service calls. I listen to probably, I don't know, 20 hours a week, five different clients. And, uh, you know, the thing that pains me, and we actually work on this immediately, is the one that says, I've emailed you guys three times. I've called two times. Nobody has responded. When you get people to that point of frustration, that's when they're going to hit social media and say, don't buy from these people because they won't let you out. And it's not that that's their intention. Everybody's so busy and, and they have consolidated their staff that we always have to go back and remember the number one priority is to take care of our people in times of need. So we're there for the whole prospect and buying journey and do that really well. But along the lines, we got to make sure when they reach out to us that we're there immediately. Well, first of all, I love the fact that you're listening to 20 hours a week of recordings. It is about those conversations, right? And to get the voice of the customer as well as the brand, wow, how valuable. And I love that you're providing coaching and training around that. Number two, and you know, on par responsiveness. If we're not responsive to the needs of our customers, whether it's through the buying process, the retention process, or if they're deciding to leave, it is critical to be responsive. Yes, and it's the old saying, the early bird catches the worm. And I can't say this enough, speed to lead is the most crucial and number one criteria to attract and attain and convert you know, prospects to be your members, your clients, your customers. And when I hear people say, oh, you know, we got your inquiry yesterday, that's a flag for me. No, you've got to contact these people within five to 15 minutes. So that's why so much of what I dive into is, are all your leads going into your CRM immediately, real time? Are your sales team jumping on them as soon as they go into the queues? Are they picking up the phone and trying to communicate on a human level first before they start sending out emails and texts? So speed to lead, getting that conversation going before your competitor does is the number one way to acquire more new customers. Yeah. And I think, you know, speed to lead, uh, you, we also hear average handle times, things like that. Uh, you know, Mary is is hugely important, right? Uh, that has gone down to, you used to be able to react to digital footprints or consumer engagement, you know, and, and you got it within the hour, you weren't bad five to eight years ago. It then got down to 10 minutes. It's now down to you know, minute level response times. So that's so low. hot lead routing, all of that other stuff is really important. But I think you hit on something really key. And I'd be curious on your advice to the B2C world here. CRM is part of that. But the automation of capturing of information with the CRM, the bi-directional sync, like the, the way in which we actually surface that action to say, hey, you need to act on this person. They're at this stage. They're experiencing X. Is that correct? Are you seeing it in that way? And and how do you help coach these companies to set that up? Yeah, I mean, it's all all hands on deck. And, you know, the bells and whistles of your CRM are key. You know, so once again, people are multitasking, but I always believe in email notifications, bells and whistles, anything that's going to say that there's somebody sitting in your queue that needs you now. 
And that's leadership too. My number one little sign I had on everybody's computer was check your queue. If I had four screens up, one screen was just the queue. It was just so crucial to make sure that that queue was empty at all times and that people were touched immediately. And believe it or not, people are blown away by that because nobody really reacts quickly enough for the consumer on in almost in any industry. So when you do something that's so unique and different, which is pick up the phone and call them while they're looking at your website, people are like, holy cow, I, I just hit the submit button. And they're blown away with that. So those are all the things that we've seen and heard that make a difference. So those are those are great actions. So now I'm on that conversation. So I've I've got the person, they're there. You know, we're personalized. We're doing all the great things you, you're recommending. What's some of your secret sauce behaviors that you think really drive better B2C conversations? In a short period of time to understand what the point of pain is or what people are looking for on the other side of the spectrum and to be able to make love connections where at that moment in time, that individual absolutely believes and trusts that you have the answers for them or you'll be able to help them. And that's a skill set. It's probably one of the biggest things I teach is to understand your product so well that you can dig in and ask questions, identify what this consumer needs, and then in so many words, reassure them that you are absolutely the answer. You are who they should basically work with and trust that you'll get them the desired results that they're looking for. And I, I got to put Howard in here, Mary, because you said the love piece and he's our resident love doctor. So the British in me doesn't quite connect with the love components. But I know that I know that Howard's all jumping at the bit on that piece. Let, let me translate it for you. <laughs> The idea that you genuinely care about somebody, that that they feel like you're not just in it for you, but supporting their needs and their interests, critically important. Whether it's team building or customer retention or partnerships, I think what Mary's talking about is that love. And I know you joke, you, you are empathic, you are emotional IQ off the charts, you like to lean on your stiff upper lip British background, but don't worry, don't let him fool you. He's filled with love. He just wants that hard outward appearance. I, I did share a tear once when my dog passed. Oh. It's anything's possible, Mary. Anything's possible. You just gotta get it right. Yeah, I mean it's 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 number one. I've learned this from other people, but like Tony Robbins said it the best. You you gotta love people. If you love people, that's gonna resonate. People will pick up on your vibe. They'll pick up on your energy, your enthusiasm. You know, if you're truly a product of your product and you believe in it so much, it will resonate just based on making those connections with people quickly and assuring them that they need to give you a try. Yeah. You know, allow me to take this one step further, but I truly believe based on the five, 10 minutes we've been conversing, that I'm going to be able to either enhance your current situation or solve your problem. So um, it's really, like I said, getting in with that organic way of communicating with people through asking those well-worded questions 
and knowing your audience. And then those questions graduate from who your audience is in an intelligent way, which makes the consumer saying, this person really understands me. This person I feel like already knows me. And it's key to success in growing your clientele. I love, and I'm going to use love again. Go ahead. We're all about the love. Absolutely. The passion that you need to have for your product, the belief you need to have, because that is infectious, right? If you don't believe in what you're selling, nobody's going to believe in it. So if you work for an organization and you don't believe in what it is they're producing, you either have to find that belief or you have to move to somewhere where you can find that passion and belief. Because look, if you're in sales, if you care about your customers, you got to believe in what it is you're providing them. Otherwise, you're in the wrong role. Yeah. And that's the beauty of listening to recorded calls. And, you know, I know transcripts are great and everything that's out there to help expedite the process, but I'm still old fashioned. I want to feel the vibe of the sales conversation. I want to feel the vibe of the prospect. Are we winning them over? Are we engaging them? And it's very difficult, you know, to have a conversation with a perfect stranger, but with practice and training and coaching, you know, by listening to calls and coaching your people up, you know, and them hearing themselves and correcting certain behaviors is how eventually they become so articulate and so passionate and through their energy and confidence of being an advocator for the product or service, it just comes right on through. So energy, people are looking for vibe and energy. So that's the key thing. Does your team sound like they are full of vigor and energy or does it sound like they just lost their best friend? So once again, the vibe, the conversation, the content and product knowledge, all really key factors. You know, Mary, you said something that's really critical and it's something that I've believed for a long time since my early days of recording my sessions as a therapist for training purposes. I think a lot of people talk about listening to recordings and yes, incredibly valuable to have your sales manager, your sales trainer, leader listening to your conversations. But if we listen to our own conversations, it becomes painfully obvious what was working and what wasn't. And if we get feedback from a manager, a leader, a trainer, and they provide us some basic feedback, it becomes painfully obvious when you're listening to those conversations where you're doing it right and where you need to change the behavior. No, correct. And and I will tell you that when your training is really educating your team what you expect within that conversation and they know you're randomly listening, they're on point. They're making sure that everything is going the way it should go. And then through experience and getting wins from these things, do they understand that we know what we're talking about. So, you know, they take it to heart. So once again, it's inspect what we expect. So people know that we're going to listen to these calls for training and development. And a lot of rookies love it. My rookies are like, please send me calls. Send me my colleagues calls. I want to hear. I want to hear what the consumers are asking. And it's a great way to learn. But like I said, once they get that conversation flow down for their particular industry and the, they ask those intelligent questions, does all of a sudden all the light bulbs go off and they're like, ah, this really works really well. But 
the tone and the excitement and the enthusiasm to say hello in a way that people are excited to actually listen to you is where it all starts. You know, the, the power of conversation at the end of the day. And I think, you know, you've said it so well, Mary. I love your language, the vibe, just that conversation itself. Is it is it engaging? Is there good usage of inflection, right? And and you can't give a script to make that happen. But you can absolutely coach people when you're inspecting, you're going to expect a higher result. And that always improves sales effectiveness. And it, it's it's been amazing. I gotta tell you. I got a great vibe from this phone call, so I appreciate you bringing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Listen, Mary, we unfortunately are nearing the bottom of the episode here. So we always love to finish up with a little just self-reflection. And one of the things is you know, we're, we're big on looking back and reliving moments that we've all had in life. And whether a personal moment or one you've observed, what is a moment that you would love to relive or love to redo? Love to relive or love to redo. There's been so many great moments. I, I'm very blessed. Um, I work really super hard and I am a student every day, all day long. So I've learned so many valuable things by so many mentors in my life. But I'll say that no matter what I have experienced or, or have lived, I live with the mantra of, I want to live a happy, healthy, and, and energized life. Real. So um, I believe in having fun. And uh, the way that you're able to live that kind of life so that you have so many great memories or so many things that you want to relive is keep moving. Keep moving. Keep those endorphins coming. Keep yourself healthy. Exercise eat more green than white, you know, it's just the basic philosophies of life. But, you know, you know, whether it was back in my college volleyball days and winning regionals or, you know, having an aha moment with a, with a brand new rookie, teaching them and coaching them the art of the sales conversation. I live by that mantra and I try to teach it to all of my students and clients and just live a happy, healthy life. And it starts with moving your body and staying active. Well, that's a perfect uh, set, spike, serve from Healthy Life. <laughs> that's what, no, serve, set, spike, right? Like that's the Well, your... it's serve, dig, set, spike, ah, kill, block. Clearly, we have an expert here. Yes. Um, no, don't even get me started about volleyball, man. I got a lot of my uh, a lot of my drive from being on the court for so many years. So another one of my passions, but that's another chat. Well, Mary, it's been phenomenal. I, I just will, I will have a, a reference to volleyball here. My PE coach in sixth through eighth grade was a gentleman by the name of Al Skates. Al Skates was a legend in the volleyball world. I know the name. That is a gentleman. He, so I think he won more uh, NCAA championships than any other volleyball coach ever. He was at UCLA. Yes. That man absolutely would have you stop when you made a mistake and talk about the mistake openly so that you would not repeat the mistake. So, I mean, that's going way back to sixth grade. He literally, when you did something wrong, he'd have you pause and actually articulate the mistake 
and believe that that would help you improve. So, Oh, perfect. Well said. And as I always said, just to get in the game, get the ball over the net. Amen. Well, Mary Ledlaudi, it has been amazing to have you on this call. Thank, Thank you. you. My pleasure. Insights here today. And again, the impassioned, energetic conversation. www.maryledaudi.com is the best place, I believe, for people to get a hold of you, correct? Correct. Correct. Thank you. Awesome. And everyone, look, if you want help on sales, coaching, and B2C, Dry affected us. I look a tenacious listener of all conversations to drive behavior change. Get a hold of Mary. Mary, thanks so much. Thanks, Mary. Thank you. Have a great day. Everybody else, please remember to like and subscribe and send in your questions to Howard and I. We'll get to them on the next podcast episode. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Alistair. Bye, guys. 